ready to take you on. Uh, I've been here a couple times before, and yeah, and you guys are um, my favorite service, just to let you guys know. Don't tell anyone, though, because then they might feel bad. But (laughs) Pastor Ralph is a crazy guy to let me up here, um, because I am rowdy, I am a little crazy, and my wife knows it the best. But uh, I've been, I just want to share a little bit about myself. I've been on staff for about three years now. Um, I started off uh, part-time here, and I used to, um, I used to be the, um, like Glenn's job, doing the announcements for the 7 p.m. Saturday service when we used to have that. And then I was able to preach to that crowd one time, or a few times, and, and then a few times at this 5 p.m. service. So I'm really just um, honored to be here that Pastor Ralph would do this. And uh, yeah, again, just like Glenn said, keep praying for Pastor Ralph and Carl. Uh, we really need them, and uh, we, we don't want anything to happen to them. Um, but again, they're probably having a great time together, and they're probably doing um, some wonderful ministry. Um, they have so many relationships in Japan, and Japan is one of our um, harvest fields for this church. And um, so just continue to pray for them and Japan. So anyway, tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be in chapter 1. So if you could get your Bibles out. What we're talking about tonight is uh, mainly two things. We're talking about division, and we're talking about the opposite of that, unity. Division and unity. Now, I like the word division, because there, there, is, there is good principle to division. There's healthy division, like our bodies have a healthy division to it. Our, um, you, you look around the world, and the way that God created the world, there's healthy division to his creation, right? But then there's this unhealthy division, sorry. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the unhealthy division. And so an example of this would be, um, actually from the book of Galatians 5, it talks about division. And it talks about it right alongside with murder, with demonic activity, outbursts of anger, with um, selfishness and pride and all these things. And it, and it puts it there in Galatians 5. And it talks about it in terms of it being something that causes competition between brothers and sisters at um, their expense, hurting other people basically, trying to get, um, make your ends meet instead of another's. And so let me just start off with the scripture and then uh, we'll, t- we'll talk a little more. In verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind. I like how the King James puts it here. For one mind, it says to speak the same thing, to to be in agreement. And it says, united in thought and purpose. Verse 11, for some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. So when you look at the scripture, you guys can kind of get the idea of what's happening. You look at the early church. This was just after Jesus resurrected and, uh, and went on to glory. And so the church is, I, I would say the church is vibrant, excited. The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are moving throughout this church in Corinth. But what's happening is they are taking sides for some weird reason. And I was reading up on uh, Corinthians a little bit and in and, and the history of that time, and it was kind of like the Greek philosophers. They would have their own followings, 
you would have certain teachers that would have followings, and perhaps that might be why this was happening, that they felt entitlement when they would say, oh, I follow Paul because I like his teachings. You know, I follow Ralph Moore because I love the way he teaches. Something like that, rather than, um, I, I guess, being a little uh, unbiased and just more um, accepting of, of all the gifts of God's body. So the unhealthy division, uh, we see it all over. We see it in our own lives, but uh, we see it a lot in the world. And uh, one example of this was something I saw on the news a couple months ago. Uh, who here follows Major League Baseball? Anyone? A little bit. You know, I, I grew up playing baseball, so whenever I see it in the news, um, uh, I kind of was a trader. I turned into a surfer, so I left baseball behind at an early age, but I still kind of follow it. You know, I'm still kind of a baseball fan. The Dodgers versus the Giants. Who remembers in the news that there were some people who were beaten um, almost to death because of a Dodgers and Giants game? And it was like, why? What, what, what was the point of that? Doesn't that sound quite demonic? That is the kind of divisiveness or the, this, that fleshly desire to be better than others and to lift yourself up and cause this division. Pretty common sense, right? We see it in the church, though, and we see it having devastating effects in the church. In um, Ireland, where there's the Catholic and Protestant divide, or you could say all throughout the, the centuries where there's been the, um, that battle of Catholic or Pro- versus Protestant. Today there's, I would say, from what I've learned, about 25,000, I think, uh, sects of Christianity, different kinds of Christianity, 25,000. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I, it's been a while. I, I, I graduated from UH Manoa with a degree in religion, just a little bit of my background. And um, I know that there's tons of denominations. Um, I hope you guys know that we're part of the Foursquare denomination. And the Foursquare was started in the early 20th century. And um, it was actually founded by a woman, Amy Semple McPherson. And that in itself could cause division because there are many um, other denominations that don't let uh, women teach or lead or anything like that. So you, we see the division in denominations. And then we even see it amongst uh, church leaders, just as in the text that we just read. That was a division amongst church leaders within a church body. So you could say in our church, have you guys, I mean, I'm not putting the blame on anyone and even myself. I think we slip into this divisive mentality. But have you ever kind of sided with one pastor and said, well, you know, I heard Pastor Rob's teaching this weekend, so I'm not going to come. Ralph's gone. So, you know, that kind of thing. I'm looking around the room and I see a lot of empty seats. I hope that didn't happen. But <laughs> But if it did, I'm not angry. Um, you know, our church is in, in a transformation. We're, we did several different things recently in our church. I'll name two things. One of them had to do with worship, where we're coming alongside under one worship pastor, Pastor Trevor, and Pastor Trevor's vision. And his vision would be that we're all unified doing the same anthems to God, the same worship song, so that we're, we're all on the same page. And it makes sense. And um, that was one change, though, because before, the different services, they could, the worship leaders could choose which songs and whatnot. Another change is we added a service to um, Sunday, right? We moved the 8, 8 a.m. an hour earlier. Whew, ouch. <laughs> ouch. And so it's at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'll, I'll be here. And then we have an 8.30, and then we have a 10.30. And so that was a little bit of change. And we're, we're, just, we're just seeing how our church body reacts to it, 
And who's faithful? And who's going to go along with the change and trust the leadership? So this message is going to be talking a lot about division and unity. And when you talk about unity, you have to acknowledge God's sovereign authority that he delegates to the church. And so earlier when I was mentioning that there's so many different Christian sects and that there's this division in different denominations, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think God set it up for a reason this way. I think it's the only way to have order, to have so many churches around the world, have all these different, um, you know, all these different beachheads around the world. But we all come together on the one thing, Jesus Christ. And um, I saw a beautiful um, picture of this uh, today and last night, uh, kind of a story, two stories. One of them is actually kind of sad. But um, that one, okay, the, well, the sad one is this. My, my friend is dying of cancer, and um, he goes to a different church, or he went to a different church, but he's basically in hospice. And so we visited him, and uh, it was beautiful. It was sad because you mourn when someone is passing. But the beautiful thing was that we can come together on Jesus and not really care about if we went to different churches or even if we had some different points of theology throughout the Bible. But we have Jesus in common. How many of you guys are stirred in your spirit when you think about what's happening in Nigeria where there's this clash with the Christians and the Muslims in northern Nigeria and there's Christians dying all around the world? See, they might be a different culture. They might be a different race. They might be a different... Um, all sorts of things, but we have this unity, and, and so this is that healthy unity. But speaking on the, the, the division, Paul isn't saying that we ought to be like communists or socialists where we all cannot, um, I guess, branch off or, 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 or uh, have different tastes or preferences. He's not saying that. He's saying that we shouldn't allow favoritism to enter into any of our relationships, just like God is, it says um, he has no respect of persons. No matter what they look like, race, creed, color, all that, age. I'm 25, and so I feel like, you know, I'm a little intimidated because I'm in a room of people who um, know probably that number that I was trying to quote about Christian sex, and I might have just gotten it wrong or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, really, I really felt touched during the worship because God, just like... Um, he always does, speaks to us in the worship and the word. And that one part where it says he uses the weak to lead the strong. I was sitting in the very front here worshiping and feeling like, man, I am the weakest in here. I've been sick all week and stuff, and I like, feel like, um, but, but nonetheless, I feel like God is um, wanting to show, though, that it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter where you come from, that the truth is always going to be the truth, right? And we're all going to agree on that, amen? So, so Paul is kind of saying, like, okay, don't get distracted by details. That's kind of what he's saying when he's, when he's talking about the scriptures here, saying, has Christ been divided into factions? You know, was I, Paul, crucified for you? And he's, he's really saying, let's look at the big picture and get back to basics. And it says uh, all throughout the scripture that uh, we're to have no respect to persons, like I said, but it even goes so far to say that we're to love our enemies. It goes, um, so even, it goes so far to even say that we should have special favor for especially those who are Christians in this room. We should have this special love that unites us. And so if you are um, a part of this church or just checking it out or new or whatever, um, and you haven't really committed, I guess, to us as your home church, um, that's a pretty exciting place to be at, that you 
have the freedom because God is allowing you to maybe check out, okay, should, should I call this church my home or not? But I've seen um, the, the kind of a, um, a detrimental thing where people like to check out churches and they don't really get plugged into one church. Okay, and I'm bringing this up because if we had a wishy-washy mindset um, about, or if we, if we just change with the tide where, where, where we feel like if my feelings, you know, I'm not really feeling Hope Chapel, Kanye Bay right now, so I'm going to go check out this other church. Um, it gets a little bit dangerous. So I, I, really, um, I really just want to encourage all you people who have been faithful to Hope Chapel, especially for the people who have been going for so long here. But I want to I also admonish you or kind of uh, say that if, if you're looking for a home church, be sensitive to what God's saying because once you get plugged into a, a home church, then I think God can unpack your gifts a lot more. He can start to build um, more meaningful relationships, obviously. And um, so that's kind of my little plug against um, church hopping. But no condemnation, I'm just saying. No church hopping. <laughs> and, and it's a reality, though. How many different churches are in Kaneohe? How many different kinds of churches that specialize in different kinds of things? And so you, they all have different flavors and stuff. But that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And so when we're going to be shifting into talking about unity, we're going to kind of talk about your calling and your purpose and where um, God wants to plant you to do some awesome things. So yeah, the problem at the Corinthian church was just that it was, um, they, they had different opinions, but it was worse than that. They had these allegiances to man um, because Paul and Peter were the two main leaders at the time. Um, if, you know, it, if you were there when Paul was I mean, when Peter was preaching in Jerusalem, and there's 5,000 people there, and he's just moving in the Spirit, you'd be like, I love Peter, you know, because he's, he's, he's so charismatic, and he's just, he's awesome. And then some people would have seen Paul walking in, you know, the Spirit of the Lord and doing mighty healings and raising people from the dead. And, oh, I follow Paul. But it became a detriment because it was, well, I follow Paul, and I'm better than you who follow Peter. And it became this division. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. That comes, from, that comes from the scripture. It says um, to kind of be someone who is um, humble-minded. I think division happens when people get uh, prideful and they want their rights and stuff and when it's not being appealed to. Um, we're creatures of comfort, right? And so when change happens, sometimes we get a little bit uh, antsy or whatever. And um, so I want to kind of bring this to home. It's like um, be the equivalent of saying, well, I follow Ralph. I just follow Ralph. That's what I do. Well, Ralph's going to resign <laughs> someday. I mean, I don't know, I don't know when. And um, I love Pastor Ralph. But what's going to happen then if you follow Ralph? Are you going to resign from church? Are you going to stop going to church? And it would be like saying, well, I follow Carl. And uh, when Carl's away, then, you know, I, I, I don't really feel p- pumped about going to church. I don't really feel amped up, so I'm going to stay home. Carl put it like this, when, when New Hope Pastor Elwin Ahu came to speak here, um, for one, Pastor Elwin, I, I recognize that there is division in the church because he said, I'm a New Hope pastor. I never thought I'd be preaching at a Hope Chapel. <laughs> and um, when, when uh, Pastor Carl introduced him, for a couple of the services, it was video. And it was video because Pastor Elwin couldn't make it. And it was last weekend. And um, what Carl said was, I'm going to play a video, but I don't want anyone in here being disappointed or being having a discouraged feeling about it because this is God's will, basically. We're here for Jesus. That's pretty much, he just brought it back to basics, right? Kept it simple. 
We're here for Jesus. And so when, when Pastor Carl or Pastor Ralph are gone like they are now in Japan, you know who's here? Jesus. Jesus. Ernie, got it right. What's the answer? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> we, we need to be obedient to God's delegated authority. So if you're like me and... Um, you really agree with, with all your heart that Jesus is here and that Jesus is using our church and that there's many ministries that are happening at this church that you can be a part of and that you are a part of. A lot of you people in here that I see, you are. If you agree with me on that, then we have this unity that we are faithful to come here and to work here for the Lord. Now, if God calls you out of it, then that's fine. That, that just means we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to hear what he's saying about it. But we need to come together in unison with our vision. And so right now, I just want to point to the walls here and here. And so if you don't know, right now we have our local purpose on this side of the room. It says to equip God's people to do his work. So when you come up here every weekend, what I'm trying to do right now is to equip you to do his work. And then we have our global mission. Hope Chapel Kanye Bay exists to win the world to Christ through God's power in us. And so we believe that we're also a global church, like I mentioned about Japan. Um, we also have missions to Africa. We have, um, we have lots of opportunities that I think are going to be coming down the pipe this year, 2012. And um, we actually uh, do a yearly missions meeting, just to let you guys know, so um, be on the lookout for that. Okay? And so if you guys are with me on this in, in, in agreement and in unity, then we need to agree on these, these things on the wall. Okay? The trivial divisions turn out to be things like, um, usually based on different styles, different just likes and preferences, right? But it's really about us and about what we feel like um, is best for us, rather than being humble and allowing God to lead us in his flock as sheep. And so we need to be aware that if we start to... Um, be discouraged. I mean, the only words I can think of are like discouraged or sometimes people get even bitter in the church if um, things aren't going the way, their way and they might leave. Um, if, you, if you feel that's starting to happen to you, um, I would just say be still before the Lord and, uh, and really just take it to prayer. If certain decisions are being made or if you don't like how certain things are going, um, take it to prayer before you make any hasty decisions. And um, if we were to go back to the scripture, if Paul were to say the same thing I just said to those people, I think it would, it would, it would, it would fit nicely because there are people following only Paul. There are people following only Apollos. There are people following only Peter. And what, what would Paul have had to say to them to uh, get them to, to realize that, bring it back to unity? Well, let's read on. I'm actually going to jump ahead to 1 Corinthians 3. Um, so you can turn there if you would like. And this is kind of what Paul says to spell out um, to how to, why, why to stop the division. Verse, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 4. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work, of the, the work the Lord gave us. 
I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own work. Now this starts to bring up the question of, Paul's doing something different than Apollos. He's planting the seed, and it says that um, Apollos is watering it. You know, what do these things look like? We all have an active part in bringing the gospel to our hurting world. And sometimes it doesn't have to happen up here at this campus. Sometimes, and most of the time, it's when we're equipped and we're taking it into our workplaces and into our families and into our schools and into our friends and into uh, extended family and stuff like that. And so there's these different gifts, and this message, we're not, we're not going to fully get into it just yet, what the different gifts are. But in the book of Corinthians, we, we are going to get there, and we're going to talk about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit and the talents and the callings and stuff. But for the time being, I, I want to say we have different gifts, and they all blend together like music, like the worship band that was happening up here. It was a perfect example of what the body of Christ looks like, everyone doing their different part. When I was in junior high school, I played in the band, and I played the instrument that I didn't want to play. <laughs> I played the trombone, and I ended up liking it, but I really wanted to play drums. You know, Rack, where are you? I wanted to play the drums, like Rack does over here. And um, what I learned, though, was through the submission of that band room and, and, and our conductor, is that we made some beautiful music together, and I played a part in it, even though I wasn't playing the instrument that I wanted to. And I didn't, I didn't even understand why, but I, I grew to love it because I was just faithful. So a lot of times our giftings and stuff, look at in the areas of your life where you can be faithful and, you can actu- and, and you're called. And again, God's delegated authority. That means that there's going to be pastors, there's going to be leaders in our church who are going to ask you to do some things, and it would really um, serve you, I think, well to just to trust that God um, has a work for you. And so sometimes I come across people in ministry. I'm the college pastor, if I hadn't already said that. But I come across people in ministry, and sometimes they tend not to want to do some things, even when I throw it out there. They're a little standoffish about it, or um, it's a little too demanding. But in God's plan, I challenge you guys to just get in wherever you you fit in according to the Lord. And it might not be something that you want to do, but it's going to be giving. It's going to be sacrificial. It is better to give than to receive. And uh, so look for these opportunities. Where have you been fitting in faithfully? Where have you been serving? And keep doing it faithfully. I would just encourage you guys to keep doing what you've been doing and do it faithfully because this is contributing to the overall um, harmony and, and orchestration of our church. And we wouldn't be a church without you. We have so many different ministries going on. I know we have, um, man, too many to, for me to even mention. And, we're, and they're growing too. And it's stuff that we're just coming, like coming across. Hina Malka, right down the road. You know, it's a beautiful ministry. You know, m- my praise report is that last night at the 7 p.m. service, uh, we had about 10 people from Hina Malka all get baptized. Some of them for the first time in their life. And these are mostly adults. Um, it's just beautiful. And um, so whether it's helping out with baptisms, whether it's helping out on the back end or something, we know that the body of Christ is diverse and that there's so many functions and so many opportunities to get involved. Even if you feel like you're playing the trombone, 
The, the, the opposite of harmony is when notes do not complement each other, but rather compete with each other. And this is called discord. And I'm someone who um, leads worship from time to time with um, the college ministry. Sometimes I sing out of tune. And I, I notice it big time. Sometimes, sometimes I um, am singing with other people and I, I like to try to sing the harmony and I don't quite, I'm out of tune. I don't, I'm flat or I'm sharp. Yeah, Charlie's like, ooh. I really, I really love Charlie up here because she was playing the flute and I was going right with the worship. You, you wouldn't even have known. And uh, the whole purpose of it, it this, this whole melody, is that we're leading everyone into the throne room of Jesus or to the presence of God and to something um, more than ourselves, yeah? So what are your gifts? What are your talents? What has God given you with an intended purpose? He made you this way. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where it says, let there be no divisions in the church, verse 10, but rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Or like how I put it in the King James, it says, speak the same thing. Now when I think of speaking the same thing, working here on staff, we, we're starting to build this code of like honoring one another. We're starting to try to build a more of a culture and a code of um, being giving and generous and also being um, in unison, okay? Now there's a couple examples that I like to think of that, that come to mind when I think of unison. Who's seen the movie 300? It's a pretty manly movie, I love that movie. And remember when he's talking about, is it the flanks or something, where they all have their shield, and they all have to move in unison, and they're, they're, they're pretty much doing this um, maneuver where they all have their shields on the front line, and then they open up a little gap, and some guy comes out and kills someone, and then they block it again, and, and they can take on thousands, and they only have, what, 300, right? I think of that. I think of that we can accomplish a lot more when we're evenly yoked. The Bible says don't be evenly yoked. What that means is that we're walking the same speed, we're doing things with just brotherly love, just true love. And so um, Pastor Tom Tom, is, um, who, he's who spoke last night, and uh, he found this video. And it's a, it's a pretty amazing video, so I'm excited for you guys to see it. In Japan, have, has anyone ever done a three-legged race here? Yeah, I think I've done it, and went, man. <laughs> It's hard, especially if you've never done it before. We're about to watch 30-legged race, okay? Are you guys ready? We're going to watch a 30-legged race. Will you get the video? Amazing. <laughs> That's baffling. It's mind-boggling. I mean, boggling. <laughs> so in our staff, we were trying to do this. 
they all know what they're doing. They know their job. They know who's to the left and to the right of them. In, in the word, it says there's a, brother that's, um, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So on our staff, we're realizing this. We're realizing that if we want to be, um, if we want to have impact, if we want to take the gospel to all the world, it's a daunting task, and we, we're not going to accomplish it. Just like many great things in the world, they're not going to be accomplished unless there's unity. I think of soldiers and when you're in battle. You know, you've heard the, the term uh, friendly fire. You know how devastating that is. We, we need to be on the same team as a church. We need to, so this whole culture of honor and, 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 and giving, um, boasting on the Lord with, with each other's testimonies and stuff like that, where I know Carl pretty good. I know um, Pastor Frank pretty good. I know all the pastors pretty good. And I can vouch for them. And I can share about the things that they're doing in life. And that becomes a part of my testimony. So it's like you guys knowing what church you're part of and who's your pastors. And you can read, you can get the books by Pastor Ralph on how this church started. And there's a such thing as a good sense of loyalty. And you're not going to take it out there and you're not going to bash anyone else with, and become divisive about it and say, I'm a Hope Chapel Ralphite. I'm a, a Carlite or something, you know. But it's this kind of a, a good loyalty where we stick together. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We're um, evenly yoked. And so um, th- that video, yeah, it, it shows probably months and years of rehearsal practice. And um, they know what they're supposed to do, what they're responsible to do, and, and they, they know how to do it well. And so when, what I'd like to say is that we're also trying to develop a culture of excellence at this church too. And a lot of you guys know, especially if you maybe you come from the business world, um, you know that um, having excellence uh, begins with the individual and then it, and then it ex- extrapolates to the, to the, to the corporation. We're in, we have one mind. We know what God has called us to do, but we also know what God has not called us to do. So that's why when we have this one vision, we can really focus in on it. And, and this is something that, again, just get excited because this church is... is, is going through a transformation or transition, but it's a very good one. And it's going to be something that's new and that is different from the past and yet the same. Um, I think there's some kind of, I don't know who quoted it, but in order to say the same, you have to change some things. We're going to keep our core principles. You know, when you drive up the driveway, you see like we promise to love you as is. We have all these mottos at our church and we're really striving um, to find out what is that thing that, keep, makes, it, that, that makes Hope Chapel tick? And so this is kind of like an encouragement for those who are part and faithful to our church, but then for the new people here who are just kind of checking out our church, it's just know that this is a, a very solid Bible-teaching church and that we're um, getting back to basics in a way. And I'm just kind of not letting the cat out of the bag. I'm just kind of sharing a little bit here. So I'm, things are going to happen. The definition of unity. Made into or caused to act as a single entity like the 30-legged race. Unity is more than just having each other's back and supporting one another. It's moving as a single entity, like the 30-legged race, towards a greater goal. In another of Paul's letters, we were called, we were called soldiers for Christ. When you get distracted by details or trivial things or prideful things, that's when the friendly fire happens. That's when you can hurt people in the body um, 
There's, a, there's an awesome part of the scripture. It's, it's, it's said twice, so it must be important for us to, to take, pay attention to. It happens in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3. And it basically says the same thing. It says, make allowances for each other's faults. Make allowances for Rob's faults on stage right now. You know, <laughs> here's, how we, here's how we do that. We have fun together. We love together. We live together. We, we, we're a family. Um, recently, we got to go to Buffalo Wild Wings as a staff. Just after work, it was like kind of a spontaneous, like, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. So we all, we all went over there. And me and uh, Pastor Ron Chambers, he's in the house, and, uh, and uh, Tim Wells, who's our, our maintenance uh, manager up here at church. We did the level 10 or the, the spiciest wings you could eat. And uh, I, I might do a, a Ron Chambers impersonation right now. Or do you, do you want to do it? I was going to say what you said. Okay, he was quoting the scripture though, I think. Remember that? Second Corinthians 12. See, I'm caught up in the third heaven. <laughs> I see God. And his eyes are watering. And I'm there going, oh. I was really, I was having it. And Tim Wells, he was handling it. He was a champ. Um, but all the staff was there. So what happened to everyone else? You know, it was just us. But we did it. So we have this like family mentality and this, we have good times together. And um, so look at your own life and your relationship to the church or your, your relationship to other brothers and sisters in Christ and just know this. Spend time with them. Get in the Word together. Go out to coffee together. Just use opportunities to come together. Is it Hebrews 10 where it says, do not neglect the fellowship. Come together. Use every opportunity you can because in so doing, it almost be like you're not fighting out there alone. You know what I mean? You're not fighting out there alone. You have someone to share with um, the trials you're going through in life. You have someone who's going to be praying for you. And it doesn't mean that you won't disagree or fight. We all have, you know, little things here or there. Um, again, not letting the cat out of the bag, but we had a, a staff retreat. And we met at a, a, um, a nice conference room for two days, like nine, nine to five, one room all day. And we were hashing out just stuff with ministry and just talking about, um, you know, how we want to do things as a church. And I can tell you that there might have been some feelings hurt from time to time. Um, I am a part of the college ministry, and so we're looking at all the different events we do and stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, let's not do that event. Let's not do that event. And I was like, oh, I want to do that event. But, you know, I didn't take it personal. I was like, you know, God's going to do some amazing stuff in the near future. So again, working toward the same goal and seeing bigger picture, not, not holding offense. The word tells us not to be offended. The word tells us to, when you come to church and to worship and stuff, if there's anyone out there who has a grudge against someone, maybe even a leader at this church, and it might be keeping you from worshiping or keeping you from um, getting more involved, that's something that what the Bible says is you have a right to free yourself from that Go to the person and talk to them. I don't know what it could be, but um, make allowances for each other's faults. Be transparent with each other. Philippians 1.27 in the message version says, Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. 
to the church. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the gospel message, the good news. Not flinching or dodging in the slightest before opposition. Your, your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. Now he's talking about the opposition and how there's going to be people that are going to come into your life and they're out of order. You know, as um, another good example of, of the walls coming down and no division in the body of Christ is my sister just got married uh, about a week ago. And uh, they, she was married to her Australian husband. And they were married in Melbourne, Melbourne. And uh, she has a new accent. And I don't know what I'd make of it right now, but it's, it's, it's cool stuff's happening because they're born-again believers, uh, bivocational. They, they do work. They do missionaries, missions and stuff. And um, last night I was just getting to know my, my new brother-in-law. We're eating at Zippy's down there. And um, it was just that he comes from a totally different culture. He comes from a totally different, um, even a paradigm, raised in Australia. And he, and he was a, a drug addict till he was like 21. And then he was bo- miraculously born again and healed. And he was sharing his testimony. And there's so many things. We just, we were talking till like one in the morning because we were just, um, it was after church last night. And it was just so great to keep talking about this one common ground, the word of God. No matter where you go in this world, you will know a true Christian if they have the Word of God in their heart. And you can come together no matter what language you speak, no matter any of that. And so, this opposition might sometimes come from in the church, that friendly fire I was talking about. So, I know I just, you know, really emphasize, like, don't take offense, but that's a lot easier said than done. And um, it really hurts sometimes when, when you feel like Christians are, naysaying or, or, you know, being haters. It's kind of a, being haters and being people who criticize you and stuff like that. But the one thing I learned about being involved in a church, and I've, I'm kind of new at this. I came to church in like 2003, 2004. I was born again. And I've been coming to this church ever since. But all throughout the years, I've learned is that this place is all about God. It's about the people, for sure. And it's about loving God and loving others. That's the greatest command is summed up. But true love is forgiving, and true love is humble. So I'm going to kind of close up with a few more scriptures. Um, kind of going back to knowing what your job is, knowing what your role is, knowing what your calling is in the church. Sometimes it just happens. That's my experience. Like I said, I came, you know, late, 2003, 2004 to the Lord, and I just started coming to church. Just started coming to church. And my first point of calling, the first time I was called, I was watching the announcement videos, the commercials, and there was a, com- was a commercial for a go to Japan on a mission trip. And I just felt God say, do that. So, for you guys, be sensitive to when you hear about um, opportunities in the church, where's God pulling you? Or where have you been seasoned, like I said, or faithful in your life before, and if you're not involved right now, we need you. I mean, I, I can't say it any better. We need more mini-churches. If you led a mini-church in your past, if you were, a mini-church is just a weekly gathering, a small fellowship, like a Bible study, and we cover the weekend's message, and we meet in homes. I meet at a coffee shop in Aikahi, and 
that's where the rubber meets the road. You develop these relationships with people. You, um, you really grow in the word of God. And, and I, I play guitar and worship at my mini church. And uh, you, you get the second family out of that. But the, how many people in this room have been going to mini church for a long time, but are capable of leading one? That's the big question right there. How many people in this room are capable of teaching the word of God? Just as capable as I am. God has gifted you with the knowledge of his word and the boldness to teach it. And so that's just a little uh, challenge. But this challenge, for our church, is to really know what God has called us to do and to move unified as one entity. And I'll just sum up some of the things that we're, Hope Chapel is, I think, known for. I think a, a lot of people know that Hope Chapel started as a movement because of these things, but is what we firmly believe in and attest that uh, we, we do. We equip the saints. We make disciples. We plant churches. We, we plant other Hope Chapels and other beachheads where, where we have ministers and pastors and apostles. And we're obedient to God's holy word. We, we strongly believe in worship. As you saw tonight, great job, Uncle Keith and all you guys. And we believe in raising up the next generation. Those are some of the things I just wanted to let you guys know so that when you know what our vision is, when you know what we, we tend to do, that, that you can get involved. I mentioned some things, worship, uh, church planning, many churches, raising up the youth. And going and giving and impacting our local and global community. There's a hurting world out there. Sitting in Zippy's last night, I look, I look around and I see so many just local people who I feel like, why, why didn't I see him at church tonight? And, and only God knows, but we have a lot of work to do. So this is kind of a challenging message. And um, it's, it's kind of one to give up the gripes, give up the grudges, start to pray about it and ask God how you can get over um, some of those things. And uh, for any new people in the house, uh, welcome to our church. So I'm going to close in a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your, your word that challenges uh, us. And you ask us to do the work of the ministry, but you make it a joy, Lord. And I know, God, your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so for anyone here right now who's feeling weak, even myself, um, I just pray the joy of the Lord rests on you. And that the, the hope of the glory of God, Jesus Christ, would, um, would penetrate you. And uh, we just bless you right now. And um, if, you've, if you've been a Christian nominally, just you haven't really chosen to make a strong dedication or take a strong stand, tonight we're doing baptisms. And I'm going to um, just ask that um, everyone in here would just be praying with me right now because uh, I want to offer someone an opportunity, it might be a couple people, but to uh, make a firm commitment to the Lord. And uh, we're going to do that just by a show of hands. And um, we do this every week. And uh, I definitely don't want to trivialize this. When you raise your hand, it's not like, okay, you just grabbed your ticket, you know, out of thin air to go to heaven. Um, but this is more of a, um, for people who've even been Christians for a long time, 
But if you want to um, commit stuff you've been holding on to, your own life, the ways of the world, if there's sin in your life that, you, that has been causing fear, um, this is the prayer for you. And so um, if you want to let go of fear and sin in your life and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, um, I'd ask you to just raise your hand right now. And Lord, uh, we just uh, lift up anyone in here, God, again, who um, might be discouraged or might have any um, lack of faith, God. And we just pray for faith and wisdom. And we thank you for uh, this, this time in Jesus' name and ask you to bless uh, the baptism if anyone's being baptized tonight to make that decision right now, God. So uh, give you glory and praise in Jesus' name, amen.